All right. Let me get serious for a second. Luke never gets serious. Luke never fucking focuses up. Look at me. Focus. Okay. It's the 8th of August. It's not the 8th. It's the 17th of August. Uh, uh, it's the Gap episode 674. I am your host, not Luke Laurie. He has been banned from this podcast for the reasons I laid out last week that I can't remember, but they were important. And let me tell you, you're not going to regret listening to this podcast. Did I mention I'm Job Gilroy? And I have replaced Luke with two much better people. First of all, we have Nathan Nachos Lawrence. Nathan? Hello. That's me. I'm Nathan Nachos Lawrence. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no worries. Uh, Shut up. This is not... This is not the part where you talk. And secondly, we have Andreas. Andreas. I don't fucking know how to say any of his names. We've got the Klebe. We've got Kleb. Klebomity. That's your, that's your fucking cue. Let's go. <laughs> well, you said Nate wasn't allowed to Oh, talk. shut up. How was I supposed to say your name? No, that was good. We'll go Klebomity this round. Is your last name Klebomity? No. All right. No, my last name is Clever Wesper. No Obviously. chance. No chance yeah. we were saying that. Uh, excellent. All right. Uh, this is the Gap Podcast. Um, you listen into the, you know, to this for deep dives on video games. And that's why I have assembled a crack team of motherfuckers who have played the the game that everyone's talking about this week. Nobody can shut the fuck up about Baldur's Gate 3. And that's why nobody on this podcast has played it at all. Is that correct, Nate? Correct. Uh, Kleb? Correct. Me? No, I haven't played it either. Um... I don't play shit games. Oh, damn. It's not even number one anymore. It's not even number one. What's it behind? Uh, Super Mario Odyssey. It's not even as good as Super Mario Odyssey. You know, and you know that wasn't propped up by Nintendo fanboyism. So, like, it's probably it's probably up there on its merits alone. So, not like Baldur's Gate, which... But D&D D- nerds. They froth that shit, you know? They can't be stopped. They're always saying good things about video games. Anyway, um, moving on, there will be no Baldur's Gate 3 channel 
on this podcast. If you're listening in for the game of the season, it's not going to happen. What we are talking about is... Nate, what did you watch this weekend? What did I watch this weekend? I watched yeah. many terrible movies this weekend. Tell us. Um, <clears throat> oh, there's so many bad ones. Uh, Samaritan. Have you guys seen Samaritan? It is yeah. a Sylvester Stallone movie that's on Prime Video. Is that one about, where he's a superhero? It is the one where he's a superhero. That was Yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, I picked the twist about one minute in, but that's fine. Um, it was an average movie. It wasn't the worst movie. Um, <clears throat> we watched Sputnik, which is a Russian language movie that the poster and everything makes it look like it's going to be one of those typical monster movies, but it's a lot more cerebral. It's pretty good. Uh, we watched Space. Space. Space movie? Oh, no. Sputnik? No, but the space bit is involved but yeah it's not actually set in okay. space English another part that or russian very russian it is right. exceptionally russian okay. uh and it was yeah it was pretty good it wasn't it wasn't perfect but it was different to Subtitled what i thought it or would do be do you understand russian uh it's uh, subtitles i i read i read the movie i did watch it with a russian gentleman who only corrected one bit there he's like he didn't say that word he said this word i'm like oh okay cool but everything else was fine <laughs> I watched Stretch, a Joe Carnahan movie that is not in his top tier, but it's still pretty entertaining. What Patrick Wilson as a down on his luck limo driver with um, Chris Pine acting Chris Pine. the weirdest yeah. you've ever seen Chris Pine act. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know. There was It feels like oh, 47 meters down uncaged. Uh, if Nicolas Cage had been in it, it probably would have been perfect. But as it stands... It wouldn't have been uncaged. Yeah, but that could have been the twist. Damn. <laughs> but uh, 47 Meters Down was a bad shark movie. 47 Meters Down Uncaged is an exceptionally bad shark movie. Uh, it's, it's hard to tell whether they were trying to do the thing that the Meg did, you know, where they do like the we go for the PG rating. We want to have oh, a yeah. shark movie without the gore. That was certainly the first half, but there was like a little bit of blood towards the end. The uh, I want to give parts away. Uh, the shark that you've never seen before is a blind shark. So it's like, ooh, the sound becomes this thing, except that conveniently it doesn't matter at times, um, which is pretty bad. But <clears throat> that was a bad movie. Yeah, I don't recommend you see that. Go see The Meg 2, I guess. I haven't seen that. Or Deep Blue Sea. One, Deep two, Blue sea. and three. Ooh. You've only seen one. Yeah. Have you not seen two and three? Did we not watch two and three together? I don't think so. <laughs> Did we? Were we really yeah, drunk? You might have been fucking wasted and you may have wiped it from your memory. The third one has the really smart chick from Malcolm in the Middle. Do you know the one who shows up like four seasons in and is very smart? And then she disappeared from everything forever. No. Until she showed has, up in Deep Blue Sea 3. My brain has deleted her again. It sounds like her career went exceptionally well. <laughs> um, I, I rewatched The Flash because my buddy Alusha hadn't seen it, and it's still good. I still like it. Have you seen The Flash Club? I have not. Okay. I've, should... I've been told bad things. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I've only ever talked to people who like it, and I like it. It's not amazing. Yeah. It's got some really easy stuff to hate. But, yeah, it's pretty good. Right, Joby? Yeah. 
It's got some exceptionally terrible CGI in it. Like, oh yes, spectacularly bad. But watching it on a TV screen would mute your criticism somewhat. Yeah, mm. so not like, if you've got a good TV. Well, <laughs> it looks worse. Yeah, CRT TV, baby. Oh yeah, yeah. Do- got, I'm watching on a 14 inch. Uh, 240p. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm like, probably looks great. The worst part is, it's on streaming now. Yeah, the Flash. Yes, I want to say yes. I don't know. Yes, maybe. We're gonna go. Uh, Yes, it's available for digital download. I hear. Um, (laughs) But the the worst bit about the terrible CG is that it has some exceptional CG as well. That's, That's yeah. what makes it really bad. And then they tried to explain why the bad CG looked the way it did in the instances that it looked that way. And you're like, even as an artistic decision, that's just stupid. Why would you just say Awful. we ran out of money or whatever? We Dude. had to do it in reshoots and we had 20 bucks. We had to generate it in AI, which you definitely shouldn't say these days. But <clears throat> something, just something better than, no, that was an artistic choice. It's like, ugh. Did they explain it in the movie for law reasons? No, no, they don't do that. Oh, that no. guy looks terrible because. No, they explained it outside the movie as that's how the Flash sees the world, apparently. Um, it's not a POV I ever want to see, uh, if that's the case. Yeah, and right. what else? Wow. Tetris? No wonder he keeps breaking into all those homes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Watch Tetris. Mm. Tetris was pretty good. Uh, better than yeah. it had any right to be for what it was. And no hard feelings. Jennifer Lawrence, you know, controversial movie, okay. comedy, which I if it just stuck it, being a comedy, it would have been great. What's controversial about it? What's controversial about it uh, from a premise level is uh, it's kind of creepy. It's kind of groomy, you know. Oh, I, I mean, the, it's not like the kid's underage, but she's effectively being paid to fuck this kid. Oh, damn. Without, so, without his knowledge. Oh, the premise is the parents like pay to get this kid to stop being a virgin, right? Basically, yeah. And 20 I don't really say ago, it in those words. Right, but t- 20 years ago, that would have been like, lol. Are they going to fall in love? And now it's like, oh, shit. You can't, you can't do that. What the fuck? Yeah. You definitely can't do it. With the genders reversed, right? Yeah, oh, and that's the that's yeah, the other yeah. thing. It's like, oh, uh, you definitely couldn't you do, couldn't do that. But like, it's just it's just an average, you know, comedy movie that forgets it's a comedy half the time. And when it's actually cracking jokes, it's funny. But then it tries to be all serious and you know sanctimonious, and you're like, oh, no, wrong film, wrong film. So yeah, a lot of movies, a lot of movies over the weekend. Gleb, what do you watched? Uh, started season three of Only Murders in the Building. Mm. Um, and I've I've again forgotten that uh, they're just the seasons aren't as good when you can't binge them. When you wait a week at a time to watch every episode, yeah. it's just it's just no fun because some of the episodes are just flat out snooze fest. There's nothing happening. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they they put out the first two episodes, bang bang. On I guess opening night, and then they were they were fine. Like you know, so that's the scene I guess. Um, Paul Rudd is in it. He's uh, he's pretty funny. 
And um, as he but is. then third third episode, just nothing. Like it's just a waste of time. And um, I wish I had waited to uh, see the whole season in one Huge go. mistake. Huge mistake. Yep. Bearing uh, that I- in mind, uh, I watched all of Deadlock this weekend because I did not watch it earlier. Uh, because I was like, oh yeah, I'm not gonna fuck my life up uh, trying to watch a show week to week because that would fucking suck. And uh, yeah, watched the first episode. And I was like, I don't know if this is from me. Uh, and then um, I watched the like just sort of the credits said Will Arnett. It and said Will thought- Arnett in the credits. <laughs> I'm like, well, I gotta watch it now. No, I didn't say Will Arnett in the credits, but. Uh, my wife was keen, so uh, we watched the next episode. She was insistent, and uh, watched the next episode. Yeah, stark improvement. I I think I well, me and Nate talked about this earlier this week, but uh, I have been noticing that uh, TV shows do not give a fuck about having a really great pilot anymore. It used to be a TV show would have just this bang and pilot. Where you're like, holy fuck. That pilot was fantastic. And then you watch the second episode and it was just a shit fest. And you're like, what the fuck happened? Uh, but no, not anymore. It's now. They're like, yeah, we got greenlit. Set this shit up as sloppily as you want. And then, oh, hey, we're 40 minutes long. We're, hey. We're supposed to be 40 minutes long. We only got 32 minutes of footage. Uh, cram some jokes in there. Oh, yeah, I just spent all night. Um, cram some jokes in there. Um, it doesn't really matter if they're good. And uh, that has been the trend that I've been noticing with uh, streaming shows lately is the first episode generally sucks. And I'm going to say something controversial. I'm about it. If the rest of the thing is good, I don't give a fuck if the pilot sucks. Right? Well, I do give a fuck. I'm upset. But uh, I wish the pilot didn't suck. But like, hey, if the rest of it's good, cool. It actually ramps up the chances that I'm the only motherfucker who watches it. And then like, later, everyone's like, oh, have you watched... Blah blah, and I'll be like, "Yeah, motherfucker, I'll watch blah blah." I told you to watch blah blah because I've never been that motherfucker. I've never been the motherfucker who's been like, "You should watch blah blah." Like my wife told me I should watch Arrested Development when Arrested Development season two was coming out, right? And that was like we just met. We had only like literally just met, and she. Knew how to say my name, Job, because she had heard it for a full season in Arrested Development. And for whatever reason, like, she's clearly, she was clearly, like, just on some rebound shit or something. I don't fucking know. It's been, it's been 15 years or something. But, like, she was clearly just batting below average. She was bunting or something. She was just, like, blocking, Right? Because she knew the name Job, and the name Job has never represented quality at any time. But she was like, oh, yeah. 
I'll go out with a job. And that's what she did, right? So then I, like, I went over to her house for the first time. And season two of Arrested Development, the first episode was playing. And we go and watch it. And I'm like cacking myself. Not literally. I was uh, trying to have sex with this lady. But uh, I'm like, these like his his name is Job? What's going on? Oh, my God. I've never heard Job before. And she's like, oh, yeah, all in, the, all in the first season. He was just the worst. I'm like. All right, good, good. I've never Tracks. been the fucking first one on top of a fucking TV show before. It just doesn't happen for me. I'm always last of the party, you know? Like, if I am first, I'll bail out on the first episode. And then, so, if what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I'm recommending everyone watch multiple episodes of one show, because that way I have a, bigger chance of being first at the party. Anyway, video games. What have we been playing, guys? What have we been playing? Um, I'm, I'm looking at the, sh uh, at the show notes, but I was encouraged not to fill them out. So uh, did I mention that this is the Gap episode 665? You did. What's your name again? And it's... Uh, it's August 17. I'm Joe Gilroy. Um, and I can't pronounce Kleb's name. What have we been playing, boys? Uh, let's go with Kleb first. Go. Uh, Quake 2. How's that? Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Quake 2, yeah. Um, what was it? Machine Games and Ed and Night Dive. And yeah, just like a bunch of studios um, fixed up the old Quake 2, which came out originally in 96. Seven, mm. I think. Right. Yeah, I was eight years old, eight or nine. I yeah. was young, young lad. I think I had the demo, just um, at the time. But yeah, jump back in. Um, didn't do, was. didn't do multiplayer yet. Um, so I've just, it's one of those games where I'm not really having a great time, but I also can't stop playing. Right? It's, it's like I just want to keep going for whatever reason um it's the music you, think, you know are you are see you... i think go okay. it, it in in multiplayer i definitely have a good time because oh, yeah. um i i yeah just struggle with single player games these mm. days um but yeah for whatever reason i jumped into the single player and uh i couldn't put it down i found secret room in what level two super shotgun and then that's that's all you need from there Right, like that, like if anything, though, like the way you find that secret room is kind of like there's there's a lot there's a lot to how that one works out, and I think it plays into the old uh, Seinfeld isn't funny trope, right? Like the old. Oh, yeah, right. Seinfeld's not funny because we have seen other things do everything Seinfeld does better since. But the if you, you cast your mind back, and that's the challenge that remasters have, is that they're trying to capture 
that moment in time again. And they can't really necessarily. Like, it's an impossibility, right? Like, because you'll never be in that same situation again. You'll never be like, I don't know, fucking... Yeah, what what did you say you were? Seven in 1997? Yeah, eight. What a cunt. Um, Like, you'll never be that young again. Um, You'll never... Yeah, you'll never have those... That lack of responsibility or that, uh, like, ability to just do whatever, to find the fun in a game in that same fucking way... In and and these days games try so much fucking harder to help you find the fun, right? And so it's I think it's really fucking tough for a game like fucking Quake Two to come out alongside Turbo Overkill like the same fucking week as effectively as a game like Turbo Overkill because Turbo Overkill to me uh, winds up being is the is the the fucking great 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 grandchild of uh quake if not quake 2 exactly like action quake 2 you know like the fucking high octane idiotic uh movement first sort of game that action quake was and i don't think quake 2 was its best when it was a game as as much as it was a a platform for uh you know some fucking fantastic mods and yeah that's essentially what i've been trying to find out equate to i mean yeah I've, i've been playing through it a bunch and I can't help myself. I'll go find the fucking uh, shotgun because I know the super shotgun because I know where it is. And because it's actually a fun level, right? So, like, as secret levels go, it's really fun. And also, as uh, demonstrations of what those sorts of shooters, Unreal didn't do that kind of shit, right? Like, Unreal 2 got there, but like, Unreal wasn't doing that sort of like fucking branching fucking level design where you could come back and like loop back on yourself you can go back to the fucking start and quake 2 and whatnot like um yeah unreal wasn't doing that and it was a great like in a in a world where there was a war between two fucking giants quake 2 was I don't know, fucking God versus Satan type shit. But yeah, you can you can see kind of how these days, uh, I don't know. Have you played it at all, Nate? Yes, just a single player. Yep. But uh, Quake 2 Multi was shit for me uh, yeah. because the rocket launcher wasn't good enough, and yeah. which makes it a bad Quake game. <laughs> I cut my teeth on OG Quake back when I probably was still mainly playing keyboard only, like a scrub, (laughs) and got schooled by a guy who was probably one of the better players in Australia, happened to be my buddy at high school. He's like, yeah, let's do uh, 
Modem to Modem. You wouldn't know about that, Cleb, you young buck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> modem to Modem Multi. And I remember just one instance of running no, down a corridor. Sorry to interrupt, but Cleb's currently on a modem on a 56K modem. He's on ISDN. Come on. Yeah. Be serious. <laughs> <laughs> Several 56K modems. <laughs> but I was running down a corridor and uh, something flew past the end of the corridor and then a rocket came through and hit me in the head. And I'm like, what the fuck was I supposed to do with that? Obviously, I got a lot better. And I also insisted on hosting and memorized the spawn spots and just dropped grenades on where he spawned because I could guarantee myself one kill. And that was it. And then Quake 2 comes along. It's like, oh, awesome. Multi's going to be great. Railgun obviously is God's gift to first-person shooters, but the rocket launcher was trash and it just Mm. changes. And obviously, Quake 3 went on to perfect that but yeah for me i think back then quake 2 definitely had the campaign over unreal but unreal had the multi um at that stage oh definitely like 100 percent. like i think there are some levels in quake 2 and uh i have very much enjoyed uh hosting my own servers which is the only way to guarantee you'll play the good levels but like quake like Q2, Q2 DM2 and uh, QTM, Q2 DM7, like they were good enough. The Edge and what's the other one called? I can't remember the fucking name for the other one. But like you would have a fucking good time on those those maps. But uh, overall, Unreal 2 had the multiplayer in a way that... Uh, yeah, Quake just wasn't doing it. And I think the only reason we're getting a nostalgic fucking look back at, at what Quake 2 achieved is because, I don't know, Bethesda's done more work to fucking keep it in the uh, the zeitgeist, right? Like, it's odd to say this because... Like, fucking Epic has access to one of the, like, arguably greatest backlogs in competitive history. But, yeah, we never wind up fucking hearing anything about fucking Unreal Tournament from Epic. I, I, I think that's fucking odd, you know? As, like, by comparison, yeah, Quake 2 remastered, Quake remastered, Quake 2 fucking uh, RTX and, like, all these all these different versions. Bethesda does a pretty top-tier job of reminding us of their legacy. And what's better is if you own Quake 2, you get, the upgraded version immediately. If you have Xbox Live, uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, rather, you get Quake 2 in it. Like, you actually have an avenue to get access to this fucking history of video games and stuff. And I think that's that's kind of cool. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Compared to... Either, sorry, go. Have either of you played the new campaign that Machine Games made? No. no. No, I uh, 
Yeah, I wanted to get through the original campaign first, and then I ran out of Alanis Morissette songs to listen to, so... You know, you know how that What? Goes. You weren't listening to Sonic Mayhem's soundtrack? No. I was what is wrong with you? And then I realized, I realized that uh, I was doing okay, right? I was doing okay, and then I realized I could actually nail this fucking game if I turned on Jagged Little Pill by Alanis Morissette. As soon as I did, it was like I wasn't remembering things. Right? Things, I just knew things suddenly. Like, I wasn't recalling where I was supposed to go or where enemies was, were going to be. I just knew again. It was like I was transported 20 years back because the music was the same music it was playing because uh, the first time I played through Quake 2, uh, I we only had like one... We had a CD-ROM drive for the first time. We only had one CD. It was Jagged Little Pill, and so I chucked it in the in the computer and played. And uh, and now the two are inextricably linked, whether I like it or not. Apparently, so uh, yeah. If I'm listening to the Quake Two soundtrack, which is actually fucking pumping, uh, um, I'm just like, oh yeah, it's like I'm playing this for the first time, but then. Yeah, it was some fucking other shit when I put on Alanis Morissette. So, yeah. It's huge shit. It's huge. Anyway, what else have you been playing, Chloe? Uh, do we still talk about PUBG on this? Oh, yeah, go on. Yeah, go on. They um they upgraded Miramar. They um, changed mm. it up. They made in... some changes. Yeah, put in, like, changed buildings, cities... Here and there, I guess. We haven't really got a good grasp of it. Haven't played enough. Um, but sandstorms are in. Mm, I um, hate them. Yeah. Oh, they're, they're sort of like fine. Sure. I don't. Um, I don't love how you can't you can't look at the map. So if you're in mm. the sandstorm, you can't see where you're going. Yeah. Um, which sucks because like if the like the other day when we were playing, we were driving. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you can't see on the map at all where you're going, and then you're just hitting buildings because you also can't see, you know, two meters in front of you yeah. through the windscreen of the car. And you're going um, fucking eighty k's an hour, so yeah. So that part isn't great, yeah. but um, for like movement and things, I don't mind it. Um, I think there was a couple of games where we had to relocate and we were sort of pinned down. And then Sandstorm suddenly hits out of nowhere randomly. Because um, it just picks random spots on the map where, oh, now there's Sandstorm. Yeah. And then, yeah, we were able to get away because of that. Because whoever was shooting at us couldn't see us. Yeah. Um, I think it's it's oh, like a blizzard on uh, Vikendi, except there's no stupid fucking thermal scope to yeah. uh, allow people to see through the fucking the, also, the mist or whatever. Do you get slowed down? Because you get slowed down in the snowstorm. I don't remember that in the sand. Uh, like movement speed, running. I don't know. I haven't... I didn't... No. I think we've always gone straight to a car or hidden in the house, so I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, update seems to be good. 
they uh, are we still undefeated on Miramar? New Miramar? I believe we are. Yes, I believe we are. Uh, which you know is how it should be. Um, we are the kings uh, of Miramar. No, I've always enjoyed Miramar. I don't think the changes they made were too drastic. Um, mostly smart, you know, like, yeah, I don't know about the fucking zip line from fucking, what is it? Absolutely that? pointless. Right. Like the it's a graveyard from opposite side of that valley. I've thing. always wanted to go to graveyard. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't understand what problem it solves. I like, I am genuinely at a loss. Like, yeah, if you're crossing that valley, no. you're driving, and if you're not driving, then you're as big a target zipping across as you are running. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Weird. Yeah. Um. What else was I gonna say? They canned the Dragunov. They did. Was, yep. The old uh, RNG gun that they wanted to put in the game. They had planned on introducing a gun that would uh, do a random amount of damage. And I cannot understand how they figured it would be good. Uh, how it would fit into, into the game. Like, I don't... I just can't... I can't even... I can't picture the pitch that would involve introducing a game like uh, a gun like the the Dragonov. Oh yeah, so what it's gonna do is, um, yeah, it's gonna do a bait uh, a low amount of damage, and it could spike up to a high amount with every shot. Like, well, okay. Every single player who picks it up, if they choose to actually fucking use it, will only ever assume it's going to do its lowest end. And all yeah. you're doing is introducing a degree of fucking randomness to something that already has enough variance as it is. You know, there's a circle... There's loot drops, there's uh, the plane path. Like, it just, it's idiotic. I don't yeah, know you're going to be, you're still going to be shooting anyway. Like, you're yeah. not going to be like, oh, well, there's a chance that I'll get a one-shot headshot and you're, down someone. You're so not going to, like, just fucking gonna shoot snap once. your one shot, right? Like, it's not like a rail gun where you're like, oh, yeah, I just need to hit this one shot. Blah, bang. Right? No, you you take multiple shots because you don't know, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's pointless. Oh, well. It's stupid share. Target switching is so important in any shooter oh, uh, and you need to build up muscle memory for that. And yeah. yes, there are different weapons, but you get a feel for it if you use a weapon enough on when you can and can't target switch, which makes you feel like a fucking god when you have that shit down pat and when it doesn't work or you can't trust that, it makes it not a good weapon choice. Anytime they introduce any sort of RNG shit to do with like recoil, which I believe is still part of Fortnite, um, or damage values, it feels like they're trying to equalize 
But, you know, like, oh, a random person could win a fight against a really good person because they might do that high bit of damage. Yeah. Or they might be getting shot at. They might do the lower damage. It's just a terrible idea. Like, it just doesn't work. It's the reason why games like Counter-Strike continue to be popular and will continue to be popular yeah. into every generation of gaming in the future. And it's because they have predictable recoil patterns and you can get to know weapons. You can get to know when you need to target switch on an instinct level. That stuff is good, and and players should aspire to that, not how do we make it easier by introducing random shit? <laughs> no. No. Makes no sense. Oh, it's it's, it's a, a, a mission of defeat, in my opinion, right? Like, it was... We talked about this with fucking Overwatch a lot, but, like, as soon as they stopped... Or they said they stopped attempting to cater, cater to the pro level or the high level of play. Like, well, that that RNG is what you introduce to support a lower level of play, right? And that is precisely what they did, you know. Yeah. They were smart to fucking cut that one off at the pass, but it shouldn't have been introduced in the first place, really. So I think it's like close to one of the first times they've actually listened to the community as well. The devs. Yeah. Not known for that. No. But uh, the outcry must have been grander than normal, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway... Um, I have been playing a game called Desynced that I wanted to talk about. The embargo for that lifted earlier this week. It's a uh, automation game, an automation strategy game. What are we calling those kinds of games? The the fucking Dyson Sphere program Factorio games. Is there a fucking agreed upon fucking term? We'll just call it automation. Stealth strategy. <laughs> ah, yeah, stealth strategy. Perfect. Um, I've been playing Desynced, uh, a stealth strategy game. No. Um, yeah, anyway, I uh, I think it's an interesting game, but I think the execution leaves a, a lot to be desired. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's in the same vein as a... Like, I don't know, fucking Satisfactory or Factorio, uh, you're making a... It's an RTS where you're not really fighting people. The people aren't coming to fucking fight you constantly, right? Um, the trick with these games is, like, generally speaking, the only time pressure is your own, right? You, you put your own you put pressure on yourself to complete shit at a certain time frame and whatever. And uh, as someone who generally chases after fucking efficiency at all costs, as someone who will optimize the fun out of fucking everything, um, these kinds of games appeal to me because they're built for optimizing. Uh, this one boasts... Uh, that is the 
there's like there's this fucking phrase they use and it it literally it like purely upset me it was like the first automation game with no uh conveyor belts or something like that and that's the sticking point for this game because at the end of the day uh that is true it doesn't have conveyor belts and if you've ever played one of these fucking automation games that's like you know uh even if you play it multiplayer even if you play a single player the way i play them uh, they turned into this fucking spaghetti fucking ball of conveyor belts looping on each other and winding everywhere and uh, the you know a, a percentage of the fucking challenge is uh, memorizing what fucking factory leads into what fucking spaghetti chain of fucking horseshit. Uh, so. That's appealing for desynced, but the in the like in the realist terms, uh, it it's a a game where your I don't know your drones just are at, subject to the worst fucking pathing problems that I've ever seen in a fucking game. Like when when you're playing an RTS. When you're playing fucking StarCraft or Command and & Conquer and your fucking unit takes the dumbest fucking path around a rock, even though you specifically picked on, like, clicked on the part of the rock that would should have sent it on the shortest path, and then you find out later, oh, but there was, like, a, I don't know, patch of grass that it determined would be faster one way or the other or some shit, and you're like... All right, so the AI is dumb, and that's why everyone didn't arrive at the, the correct time, and that's why I fucking died. Like that's that's bad. But when when what you're replacing are conveyor belts, these drones are supposed to sort of like grab resources from one location and take them over to another location, and then there's supposed to be automation going on, and you can go on an intricate journey of programming how they do this shit but at the end of the day they will path around one another in a manner that involves stopping and starting if they collide and if you have a very precarious and intricate and razor's edge pathing system set up Imagine you had you were playing fucking StarCraft and you had the fucking perfect like resource. You were getting all the fucking Vespian gas and all the fucking crystals and whatnot. Um as efficiently as humanly possible. And then someone dropped a single fucking unit in between it all and it fucked everything. The ripple it creates is basically unmanageable and that doesn't happen with fucking treadmills. That doesn't happen with conveyor belts. You don't have to worry about a fucking AI pathing concept with fucking conveyor belts because conveyor belts are fixed. You don't have to worry about like layering and shit. You can you can stack 
conveyor belts on top of one another. You can have fucking six conveyor belts high. But if you want fucking three drones to go down a two-drone pathway, inefficiency is created in a heartbeat. And I don't... Like, I understand the fucking elevator pitch, but the execution just winds up being like, fuck, I wish I had some conveyor belts in this fucking game because, Jesus Christ, I could make this really fucking good if I had conveyor belts, but instead, oh, everything's fucked. And, yeah, that's, like... That's kind of decent. Is as as a game, it's these really cool ideas. They like they introduce all like you can fucking you can program this shit with this really cool drop and dra drag and drop uh, fucking system. You can program all the drones and program how your factories interact with one another and all this kind of shit. And that's re actually really cool. Once you get to a point where you understand how they are supposed to work it's actually really cool you never i don't think you ever get past the pathing thing because it's always dictated by extremely simplistic uh like 1998 level rts pathing but like yeah there are there is some actual genius shit going on in this game but holy fuck uh it's 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 not obvious it's not laid out for you it's not a painted picture it's literally just fucking some shit you fucking work out eventually you you're like oh there must be a better way surely like what when i right click when i do the tutorial it tells me this and this and this and this but when i right click on a unit it tells me this and this and this and this that it never fucking went over. And when I, like, when I did this tutorial, it told me about, uh, I don't know, fucking the range I could do, like, I could build shit in, but it didn't, didn't mention anything about power. Is power important? It seems kind of... Right, I've, I've hit the limit of the power. And, like, or I've hit the limit of... I, I should... I've got to go find extra fucking items out of the world, extra little fucking discoverables. Am I supposed to get anything from that? Oh, right. I've got to send something out with... It's got to be like the, the drone I send out has to be holding the unlock key, whatever that item might be. And if it's not, it's got to go back. And then it goes back to the unlockable, and then it unlocks a technology that I can research. Right, that's cool, but also it's there's some like I get rewards for solving a very tedious sucker man puzzle. So, but my drone can only carry one item at a time, and there's three items on it, so I've got to send it back to base and drop the item off. And like, it's just. This game where, like, tedium winds up, like, it does all this super smart shit, and then it literally fucking grips you by the throat by its tedium, and is like, right, but you can't actually get any further unless you do the really tedious shit, so, 
I hope you like doing that. And yeah, it's just, it, it's awful. Uh, in that regard, like, I, I think if it had a better tutorial, if it had a tutorial that actually laid out the fucking essence of the game, which is you want to have, like, it's almost like your drones aren't drones, they're nanobots, and you want to have a fucking swarm of them, right? Like, you want to have fucking millions of these things to go out and just fucking do everything. But it doesn't say that. It's like, oh, yeah, you want to, like, hold on to your resources and just build this one extra drone, and, and that drone can do this and, like, hold shit back. Anyway. So you're saying that because you haven't been able to optimize the fun out of the game, it's no fun. That's that's basically it. It's no fun. It's not... I haven't optimized the fun out of it, and so there mustn't be fun for me to optimize. Um, yeah, thanks, Cleb. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, but yeah, anyway, I uh, no, honestly though, like I, I, I don't, I just don't think I'd recommend it. Like, it's fucking forty bucks, and I feel like you could get uh more out of other like. Fucking Dyson Sphere programs, 30 bucks. So, right there. Just go play that again. Or Satisfactory is, I think, 30 bucks as well. Like, go play that instead. Like, I just don't understand what it is uh, offering instead. Right? Like, what, what do you get out of playing this one outside of uh, worse version of what already exists I don't know but I don't know yeah. Some, someone probably out there you know a conveyor belt killed their father and in which case I commiserate with them but this is the game for you baby like go and get it yeah go buy Turbo Overkill instead it's a completely Turbo. different genre but it's like yeah. what still under 30 bucks at full price that is yeah. a steal. Yeah, it is. It, it, it is actually a fucking steal. Like, you could not go wrong. If you like any kind of shooter in the last 30 years, I do not think you go wrong with Turbo Overkill. Have you played a clip? No. But oh, uh, get it. Sounded good. It's, ludic it's just ludicrous oh, fun. I, fun. Oh, I was going to get desynced, but now... <laughs> no. Very good. Oh. Tell us about it, Nate. Turbo Overkill. Yeah. Well, I've only been playing review games lately, and thankfully sometimes that means there are some gems in there, and Turbo Overkill has uh, definitely been a breath of fresh air. It is one of my goatee contenders, like, easily. It's one of the best first-person shooters I've played in a long time. It's not perfect. I mean, the AI is dumb as shit. It's not at all designed for... Um, the level of verticality and three-dimensional space through which you can move via playing it like it's Tony Hawk with a chainsaw leg and mm. a kick-ass Duke Nukem 3D level arsenal type thing. It and, and that's the thing. Like I'd love a game that doesn't just want to have the standard arsenal. And this game is like back in the old days of, you know, like Turok 2, uh, Unreal Tournament. Like these games that were like, how can we take an arsenal and actually make it fun each weapon 
doesn't it's not just oh it's the pistol variant oh it's the shotgun variant and of course they have the pistol variant and the shotgun variant but they don't feel like the other ones that you've used before uh, if anything the super shotgun i found the most boring out of all of them right. it was just kind of basic you know it's like oh it's a double barrel shotgun or it's a grenade launcher like that's fine i still used it but i don't know i don't want to spoil things for you joby and certainly not for you cleb have you got the sniper rifle yet joby yeah yeah the way oh that they God. handle the sniper rifle, and I, I thought, why are you putting a sniper rifle in this game at first glance? Like, it's so much of it is played in, in you know, close range, especially because you can mod your chainsaw leg to get back health, to get back armor. You really are missing out if you're not like part of your path of destruction through a little of combat arena is not a lot of the time going through the middle of it. Um, so it's like, what place does a sniper rifle have in this? Yeah, they They're make a very out. compelling article, yeah. uh, article argument for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and the weapons just keep getting better and better and more fun. Um, and, and the only thing I wish I'd done was gone full sweaty, like I was some sort of Quake 3 pro player, which I never was. And instead of having the weapons on the numbers, actually went and rebound them around WSAD. Uh, mm. Because switching between them, especially if, with certain upgrade abilities, and you get like an extra damage bonus. I don't know if you have that upgrade yet, Joby, for switching weapons for like a couple of seconds no. or the first shot. So if you're able to keep that shit going between all the weapons, because it doesn't really work if you just keep going back and forth between the same ones, right. uh, you could... I mean, you already feel overpowered. That This game makes you feel like a god from like yeah. the first level. Uh, you're definitely meant to be playing with your food. You're definitely not going in for some sort of Dark Souls first person no. shooter equivalent where every enemy is shitting on you. you are shitting on them most of my deaths in that game came from me falling off the edge because yeah. i was abusing the movement system and <laughs> didn't anticipate that i needed my double jump dash to get back far enough and doesn't really do vaulting too well but that's about the only thing i wish that it had was a little bit of a vault just yeah. for those moments where you go off the edge and you go too far and you do kind of make it back and you kind of touch the edge but it won't let you over if you don't have your chainsaw leg over it, so it would seem. But like in terms of pacing and escalation, it's it's a masterclass in so many ways. There and and it tells it shows because the levels that are the worst are the longest ones. There's like a car mission, which is cool, but it's also like 45 minutes. And this is a game where the best levels are like 15 to 20 minutes, and it's all high adrenaline. The music, the soundtrack is sensational and it keeps getting better like there's so many tracks where you're like man that's cool as shit and then later in the game they just drop this kind of like in this casino level this sort of james bond spliced uh track with rock and synth and stuff and it's like this is the coolest track in the game um it doesn't finish particularly well because uh it doesn't really know what to do with its boss battles towards the end yeah. unfortunately there's a lot of repetition but even with all those little negatives in there, it's just not enough to detract from the fun. That game is insanely fun. Uh, it's on special at the moment, probably not when you're listening to this. I think it's got another 30 hours at the time of recording. Um, if you need to get it on special, wait for sale, but you don't have to get it on yeah. sale to get the, the your 30 bucks worth or whatever it is. Yeah, it's interesting right. contrasting with a game like Quake 2. Because I I think you can directly track the family tree between the two games, but at the same time, like 
in Quake 2 single player, you are ducking around a corner, shooting lower than lower than you should be, which was a something I had to fucking remember because um, enemies will duck the first shot almost every fucking time. Um, and then, like, ducking back out again, like, waiting for shots. Whereas in this... This is this is this is fucking pure rip and tear shit, right? This is the purest expression of rip and tear I've ever seen, um, and I fully understand that that was a concept coined by Doom twenty sixteen. Like, no game has ever fucking done it quite like this. Um, what's the other one? Ultra Kill, I think, is probably the closest, but it, it's. Ultra Kill is doing different things and I think it's interested in doing different things. I don't think Ultra Kill is a game that cares if Turbo Overkill is better than it at Rip and Tear in particular because Overkill, uh, sorry, Ultra Kill is is more interested in doing crazier shit. Um, but yeah. Like, what, like, I think we're just very lucky to be playing like so many fucking top tier fucking games. And I think we're also lucky to have something like Quake 3, uh, Quake 2 Remastered come out and just lay out for us how far we have come. You know, like I had a lot of fun ripping cunts up with the railgun in uh, Quake 2 Remastered. On multiplayer, but yeah, Turbo Overkill. I, yeah, I've turned the music off because I keep going through levels over and over, like looping, trying to find fucking everything. And it, like the music gets repetitive, and then I turn the music back on again because it fucking, if it does remind me of the ideal of playing Quake 2 or Quake, well, more Quake 1. Uh, for the first time and how music drove me and how music drives a game like that because it's linked to to memory even if a lot of the time in video games I will turn mus the music off because it's annoying me when it's fucking on it's fucking so on and Turbo Overkill fuck, it's on it's cool hmm alright I'll check it out nice Wow. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. What else we got? Who else has been playing stuff? We're going to talk about Shadow Gambit, don't we? Oh my god. Hang on, before yeah, we do, go. really quickly, uh, I've been playing a game called Tales and Tactics. I feel like Shadow Gambit is our fucking, you know, our big one. Uh, so Tales and Tactics is a squad-based auto-battler uh, from the team that made uh, something. Downfall, a Slay the Spire mod that I really enjoyed and I've talked about on this podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, it is an auto battler in the fucking, it's like, I don't know, fucking Dota auto chess or whatever. Not auto battler in the fucking Clash of Clans sense. This is, a, this is one, as I understand it, it's an auto chess auto battler. And uh, 
it's also a roguelike. And so you play through it a bunch of times, you know, unlock things. And uh, I don't think the progression system's there yet, but it's come out in early access and I'm having fun with it. You're like, it is 100, it's pure auto chess mash with fucking Slay the Spire. And yeah, I think broadly speaking, they do a pretty fucking good job with it. Uh, if you like either of those games, I think you'll get a lot out of, out of Tales and Tactics. Um, but at the same time, it's in early access and I would recommend playing the demo, uh, before purchasing, uh, if you want to play, if you get through the demo and you're like, oh, I got to play more of this shit, then yeah, buy the game. But otherwise, yeah, you do well to fucking hold off. Right. Um, so if you don't understand any of what I just said, Slay Aspire, card-based uh, roguelike game you basically start a game with a limited deck 10 cards and uh, you have to do these battles card battles like fucking Hearthstone you play cards the cards do damage or they give you defense every time you win a game uh, win a battle you get a selection of cards um, one of the biggest biggest parts of uh, learning how to be better at the game is learning when to not fucking pick up more cards. Uh, but yeah, you keep building out your deck as you go and you keep adding more cards, theoretically, uh, that make your, your deck better, give you the ability to, to play better cards. And uh, that is what allows you to win. Uh, auto battler, an auto chess battler, uh, is a game where you instead of cards, you're getting units. And these units are from a fairly limited pool. But the trick is you can combine three units into one tiered up unit, one unit of a higher tier. So instead of having three tier one units, instead of having three cards that are tier one, they become one card that is tier two and so instead of having a fucking crystal maiden that is tier one you have uh three crystal maidens that are tier one you have one crystal maiden that is tier two and it does a significant amount more damage it's much more potent and viable as a as a unit on your deck and uh the trick with these kinds of games are based on these like hexagonal fucking like maps and positioning is everything which is where the, the chessier part comes in to play and uh yeah it's it winds up being very important that you understand how units interact with one another on the same team and also how they interact with uh enemies on the other team and yeah once you have a good grasp on that shit uh yeah, I think you're you're well positioned to have a pretty good time, provided you like uh, the level of variance that that degree of RNG uh, um, doesn't just imply enforces. Really, um, I think yeah, I think tales and what's it fucking called tales and tactics. 
Uh, I think it does a good job of, like, it's got a good balance. Being that they were modders for fucking Slay the Spire, I think, I don't think that's terribly surprising. Um, that said, I do think it's sort of, it reminds me of Monster Train, where uh, in Monster Train, you had the Umbra clan, right? And, and if you want the Umbra clan, you could pretty much force your way to a victory through certain uh, picks. You could pick like the Devourer unit and then just fucking devour units until it was too big. To, you were too big to fail, right? Uh, in this, in Tales and Tactics, I, have, I did find um, if you picked healers and you got four healers uh as as your team you were uh, essentially unkillable uh it didn't really matter what else you had you can have a max of six units and it didn't really matter what the other two were because nothing could kill you fast enough that you couldn't fucking heal through it um i do think that's kind of a problem so when i say it's well balanced uh what i'm talking about is instances where i didn't pick healers on purpose because I had already determined that I would not lose if I picked healers. Um, outside of that specific unit class, but it's not a it's not a multiplayer game, so it doesn't really matter that much. At the same time, I had to deliberately play inefficiently, uh, which is anathema to my uh, my being. Um, it hurt me and I did get kicked out. It's probably why I was bad at desynced because, uh, the gods of efficiency saw me fucking up in Tales of Tactics on purpose and, and decided to punish me. So, uh, yeah, like it's, it's just one of those things. I do think there's some work to be done, but, uh, if you do want a really easy way to earn a lot of fucking XP in the, in the progression portion uh, and you decide to pick up towers and tactics uh healers insta win you i don't i don't see how you can fucking lose there yeah anyway it's 20 bucks um it's on special for for the rest of the day so it's not gonna happen but uh, i would recommend definitely keeping an eye on it as an early access game play the demo if it's still available when you hear this, uh, and if you can't get enough of that style of game, it is, it is a really good idea to combine auto chess and Slayer the Spire style game. So, yeah, give it a punt. I was so bad at Monster Train. Right. You were so bad, really? Yeah, yeah. I played so many hours, and I like I get past certain parts, and then just couldn't get past others. I'm like, oh, why am I so bad at this game? I really liked it though, but it didn't like me. We talked about it a lot. Yeah, I'm surprised. Uh, yeah. yeah, I never, I never picked that up when we talked about it. Club, you were about it too, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think we played together, and you sort of <laughs> guided me through because you <laughs> you watched me play. So, yes, uh, I le- learned a bit from the master. Maybe we need to go back to Slay the Spire, right? Because that was inspired by Slay the Spire. So is that a fair thing to say, that if you cut your teeth on Slay the Spire, then you probably have an advantage of how to think about those games? I think so, yeah. That was my first of those type of games. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think if you... Like, because they... Like, Monster Train or Tales and Tactics or, like, fucking tons of games at this point have evolved from Slay the Spire. Uh, and, like, they almost wouldn't exist without Slay the Spire. I know there are a couple of board games that I can't remember the name of off the top of my head that might hold a better claim to the being the genesis, but, like, Slay the Spire is, for me, the originator and still the best. I still play it, like, literally daily um, because they do daily challenges and I'm a fucking dork and... On Steam Deck? I, no, my fucking phone, man. Like, I, yeah, I, yeah, I haven't yeah. found a fucking phone game that is more compelling than than Slay the Spire, sadly. Like, if if I found one, in a heartbeat. But, like, and sometimes, like, a day or two, I'll play another game, but then I'll just go back to Slay the Spire. Invariably. I'll spend 45 minutes on the fucking toilet trying to do the daily challenge. And then I'll realize because my night, my wife's knocking on the fucking toilet door going, hey, I got to go to the bathroom and I got a meeting in five minutes. Please get out of the fucking toilet. Right. Oh, yeah, right. I should wipe. Uh, right? Like, and your legs don't work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to fucking crawl out of the bathroom. <laughs> ah. Yeah. But yeah, go, nice. yeah, go out to Slay the Spine. Like, uh, Monster Train was actually really good and it got to a really good place eventually. Uh, but when we played it, like pre-release was when it was at its worst balanced wise, you know, it was at its hardest, trickiest balance wise. They eventually got it to a place where uh, you could, you could overwhelm with any like, what are they called? Like clan combo, I think they were. Uh, but, when we were playing at night, yeah, if you weren't playing Umbra Primary, you were playing way uphill, way uphill. Because yeah. you just, you needed so, so many things to go right. It's uh, not an Android version, man. I was just I'll looking be before. Uh, I, would I think it's on iOS, but it's not I on Android swap. yet. I would actually swap just for some, something different. Uh, just to to get a taste of something different if it was on Android, but because you can like stream it, it's on Xbox Cloud, but it doesn't have touch controls, so you've yeah. got to, you know, it, it just doesn't feel right. It feels like the game where you should be touch controls right. would be perfect for it, yeah. like Plants vs Zombies, which I recently got re-addicted to Plants vs Zombies too. <laughs> Uh, until it kicked me in the dick. It's amazing. I was like, every day I was doing my daily stuff, daily stuff. And then I got up to this level that was just bullshit hard. I'm like, okay, that's fine. And then I played it so many times that I noticed that it had RNG elements to it that I'm like, I, if I don't get these plants early enough, I'm fucked. Like I cannot win this level with the plants that it's giving me. Fuck you game. (laughs) I just stopped playing. But that was like, after a good 20 to 30, like as a cricket fan and whatever, like being able to play that while the cricket's on in the background yeah. is, is just like the perfect game. And, and when you got into that rhythm of treating it like I'm only going to do what is in my dailies, which included five like campaign levels, um, just do that to do the the grind to get the diamonds to unlock certain plants that it would let you. That, not that they were that great. 
Um, yeah, it was good. Really addictive. It's gotten back to a better place than what it used to be. Super ad riddled, super pushing yeah. you towards buying plants. Some of the, you know, solutions with the free plants felt bullshit or like 4D chess. And now it's a lot more. No, I think I can get my head around this and it, and it becomes a challenge. But most of the time, it's just super fucking chill. It's got like a weird PvP mode. I don't know if you guys ever played it when when that was in. No, definitely which not. Which I used to feel when I first started playing it, I was like, oh, shit, i got to hurry up because this other person's waiting for me. And what I think it's done is it's just taken someone else's run and just imported it right. to your game. Yeah. So you're actually playing against yourself, but it's fine. Um, but yeah, I looked up some tips on how to abuse that and- and I'm talking like 200,000 point lead over somebody else. And I'm like, <laughs> I just feel sorry for you. Um, so that was that was fun. Uh, but yeah, like for a game that I still, I think to this day, after revisiting it probably two or three times, have not spent a dollar on. Nice. That's got to be my yeah, yeah best uh, mobile game of all time, as long as you don't spend money. I mean, just, just yeah. do not spend money. You don't have to spend money. Just don't do it. 2013 holy shit a decade is that when it came out because they did three there was a like a closed beta for three three was terrible i think they've torpedoed it i don't even know if they're going to redo it they're just like oh that didn't work (laughs) people are still playing two let's stick with that and i think one is free but ad supported and one is one was great like one is way more chill than two uh but two escalates in in really good ways yeah, I remember when 2 was coming out uh, back in the game arena days. Uh, there was a large, large section of the game arena community, uh, not the hardcore game server community, but like the like Big Pond Telstra, Telstra Big Pond community uh, that was fucking obsessed with Plants vs. Zombies. Like... The way that, you know, fucking mums were obsessed with farm bill type shit, like mums and dads, uh, they were obsessed with it and this was their game and then Plants vs. Zombies 2 was coming out and uh, we all got early code in the office and like everyone in the, like they were, they were very free with this early code. Uh a lot of people were not happy. A lot of people were not happy because they're like, oh, yeah, I played for a bit and I can't really do anything else. I can't go any further. This this is stupid. I don't want to, like, this isn't like Plants vs. Zombies. I'm like, oh, they fucked this one up. Uh, but it's good to hear that they fucking turned it around. Like... They fucked it. They redeemed it. They fucked yeah. it. They redeemed it at least that many times. <laughs> yeah. uh, who who knows? But I think when three didn't work, they were they probably just went back to it. So yeah. still people spending money. There's still an active Reddit thread. I love looking at people's you know uh, rankings of plants, and uh-huh. you see it and you're like, oh, that's really interesting. That's good because I'm super open to because I just stick with the ones that I know, and then I'm forced to use something else, and I, and I might bring something into the rotation. And you go and look at it and I'm like, oh, my plants aren't in there at all. Interesting. You go to the comments and it's like, this is bullshit. It doesn't have insert oh, plant yeah. here. You know, like, uh, that's not an S tier. Fuck you. And there's just so many different. But, like, the thing is they're all kind of right. Like, there is no definitive. 
you got these ones, that's yeah. it. Um, yeah. Situational ones as well. So, All right, what are the best plants, Nate? Uh, my go-to is the, um, oh, I can't remember what it's called, the little electricity guys, right? Because oh, yeah. they can shoot like full length and they will hit across two or three lanes, I think, and they will shoot multiple. They will hit multiple zombies and you just stack those. And if you get enough down, it's pretty much game over. They're basically critical for when there's cunt zombies that have like chickens or fucking weasels that they release across multiple lanes. So you need something that can attack across multiple lanes or hit multiple things. And they're perfect for that. But they're also really good for basically everything else. That's that's my only S tier plant, I'd say. Yeah. 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 Cool. But get back uh, into it, lads, yeah. if you want another mobile game and you want to play it a little bit at a time, it'll it'll keep you entertained. Spe- uh, speaking of S S's, what about oh. Shadow whatever the fuck it is? S Segway. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yep. <laughs> the old strategy uh, yeah. game. Did you read oh, this yeah. blog club? Did you read the blog club? I read the blog. Blog? Yeah. Okay. It was a little in-joke we made earlier. Well, it's not so much an in-joke as much as it is you have to have read the blog. I think it may have been in the review guide for Shadow Gambit, which is the latest game from Me, 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 who also made Desperados 3, Shadow Tactics, and that whatever that deal, standalone expansion pack for that was called. I- Ico's Choice, was it? Yeah. Something like that. Anyways... This is part of a subgenre called real-time tactics. It has existed since the Commandos days. I think it is a very good, succinct, descriptive term. Um, but Mimi Me doesn't like it anymore. They've post, they've put a blog post out saying that it should be called stealth strategy. I think was the term stealth strategy. Yeah. And the crux of the very long-winded argument <laughs> that didn't need to be long is that. Tactics is kind of associated with a different kind of genre, which is fair, um, XCOM and all that sort of stuff. They've, it has since evolved and this subgenre of real-time tactics has gone more than that, which is all fine and good, except that you called your first game Shadow Tactics. So you were fine to use it then and now you don't like it. Like it doesn't need to change. What needs to change is just how you talk to people about this game. It's how people find these genres and there will be people finding real-time tactics for the first time with shadow gambit and that's fucking cool like i was into shooters back in the day and then i got into rts and then um commandos came along and i was obsessed probably more for the world war ii setting than anything else but that game like i don't i didn't play game stealth back then if you gave me a stealth game i probably would have told you i hated it but Commandos rewards playing stealth. And even if you get to the point where I did cheese some levels and got all my Commandos in a corner behind a rock and shot a gun and then all the Nazis come running and you just mash as fast as you can and you gun them down with unlimited ammo, but you never felt that you'd finished the level properly when you did that. Um, and they've since changed it, you know, certainly with Shadow Gambit and other games you have limited ammunition so you cannot just kill an entire level by shooting them with pistols that you don't have to reload uh but yes which ones have you played joby of the real-time tactics pantheon 
Desperados, uh, I loved. The OGs or three? Uh, the OGs. Um, I did not play three. Uh, I played a little bit of three, like an hour or two or three, and then uh, not anymore. And then, um, oh, what's it called? Um, what was the Commandos? Uh, yeah, Commandos was also a huge one. That was another like the the really good thing about these ones was we could play them sort of with multiple people at the keyboard slash mouse like it wasn't like a it was like a yeah shared screen opportunity uh which was good because uh there were like three of us at, at, and we only have one computer uh and so yeah we could all discuss uh what we were going to do as opposed to games that were a little bit more high octane um yeah shooters you sort of had to fucking or even even rts's one person had to be doing shit right and there would be like a token effort to be like oh what should i build next it didn't matter we're building another barracks shut the fuck up um like you just fucking do it right whereas yeah a discussion could actually be had uh when the pace was slowed down uh enough and we would do it by you know fucking hitting escape and uh and cheesing it properly but and like invariably we'd also escape saves come our fucking tits off by uh by like seeing who had the best option like the the best fucking answer to these questions like what are we going to do next i oh, shoot that guy oh no no, 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 no. sneak left or right ever like whatever like yeah save see who's right and yeah it never it could it probably could have been uh, an opportunity for us to like solve some things between us but uh i was never right so i would i wouldn't have been keen on uh, allowing that to happen i was not yeah i didn't have the best instincts on that one what about you, Clevy? What was your favourite of the genre? Oh, Commandos. Yeah. Um, was it Beyond... No, Behind Enemy Lines? First one. Is that... Yeah. That yeah, was, yeah. That was the first one. Yeah, that was my, my entry. Um, and, yeah, just absolutely loved it. I ended up... Like, I, I could never... Because, again, I was, uh, I was still young back then. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the, what, the two you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I would, I would just absolutely no synergy with the people. Like I'd, I'd work on one, um, I guess commando at a time, and he'd sort of run his own thing over on this side of the map, and then until he couldn't anymore, and then I'm like, okay, well, I'm stuck with him, so I'll go back and, you know, choose the other guy that I just had to bury himself, like you know. Um, yeah, the main guy. What yeah. an ability! <laughs> yeah. right. Holy shit! Um, and then get him back up, and then yeah, try. And That's so good. We like tried, that. like uh, playing it three player. We tried it that way. Everyone got to command one person. Yeah, right. And it fell over so fucking fast. <laughs> 
Like, you had to command everyone to do some things, and occasionally you could be okay to command one person to do a thing, but everyone had to be doing shit, because it, yeah, we started out with like, oh yeah, I'm gonna be this guy, and you're gonna be, and I'm gonna make all his decisions, and not wrong. Wrong, idiots! <laughs> it doesn't work! It's yeah. terrible! Uh, you're fucking everything, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then uh, Desperados 3 was sort of my way back into the genre, um, or sub-genre, if you will. Played the hell out of that. Mm. Um, like, played through the campaign, and then I think I did all of the challenges, the post-launch content that oh, they wow. put out. Um, yeah, just absolutely loved it. Um, and then I tried to go back to Shadow Tactics, and I think I just put it aside just for playing other games, so I still haven't finished that one. Um, and think that you would like Desperados Three is a better version of what Shadow Tactics did with its reintroduction. I mean, the yeah. Shadow Mode was introduced in that, but then yeah, with a bigger budget and whatnot, with Desperados Three and the way they tied the story together and the characters and stuff, it was just yeah. I think Tactics would be hard to go back to after Desperados yeah, right. Three. And it's not to say you couldn't like if you wanted that fix, go and get it. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it all leads to Shadow Gambit. I saw uh, your score on Metacritic, Club. Yep. I'm, Went I'm against the grain. Currently the lowest. Um, I was kind of surprised about this because, um, I don't know, you, you probably know, Nate, we've got a um, fantasy critic league going um, yes. with, with the Gap people um, that Nate is not a part of. <laughs> um, Suckers. And this is actually one of my picks, and I knew that I was going to review the game, but I was confident in picking it still because uh, my reviews don't come up on Open Critic. Um, so it wasn't going to affect the score in any way. Um, and, but then after having played it, I thought, oh no, like if I had, like if I had less scruples, more scruples? I would have dropped the game because I thought, yeah, there's no way, like it's it, it's not as good as Desperados Three. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, looking at the the reviews, I think it's sitting on an eighty-six. You've gotten away with some shit, moment. eh? I've, 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 yeah, I gave it a seven out of ten, seventy. Um, and I think that Nate and I um, sort of agreed that it's the the actual stealth tactics. Um, there's tactics again uh it's, it's good like the game is enjoyable it's just it just waffles on for way too long they're trying to shove way too many missions into a game that really isn't that big and it, it tends to drag on especially towards the end yeah there's some really bad uh game design in terms of uh... I'm just pained reliving it mentally. Uh, this, uh, this is, let me do the setup, right? I start playing this game. Uh, uh, the first hour or two, I am loving. I'm like, holy shit, I love Desperados. I love this genre. This is the first chance I'm going to have to give a game a five out of five this year? Like, <laughs> totally set myself up for fuckery. Um, and then I, I've told Joby this story, but uh, one of the early... 
one of the cool things that it introduces that started me thinking along the lines of this could be an actual evolution of the genre is that you start with one character, which is not that untypical, and then you get a choice of two characters really early on, and you pick one of them, and then by like the third mission or something, main mission, you actually rescue the entire crew, um, which is another, what is it, eight total, I want to say, Cleb? Yeah. Yeah. So you rescue them all. I'm like, holy shit, this game is letting me pick the characters that I want to take into missions. I'm not used to that. I'm used to more tailored um, missions in this genre. Uh, and I'm going to now be able to have my pick of who I unlock. Whoa, this is so cool. And then it fucks you. And it says, you're going to need two MacGuffins, if you'll allow me to speak movie talk at you. Um, a Black Pearl wonder where they got that. Where your influence is on your sleeve. And okay. what is, what's it called? Spirit essence or something? Soul energy. Soul energy, right. Um, you need to find one of each to unlock each character outside of the first gimme one. And I want to say, because I don't remember because it was like 25 hours of gameplay ago, I think in that initial choice of two characters, you get you basically get gifted it in the main campaign the things that you need to get this person and then you uh for me i'd had a selection of the islands you start on and it starts with like clouds over most of the map so you're like oh it's going to unlock all these different islands all these different locations but initially it's still like there's two or three islands you can pick from to do these missions i'm like this is cool like freedom of approach i like that and i pick this one mission that looks the most interesting with a you know a giant um sentient plant tree guy in the middle of it and i'm like this is really cool and the intro video like talks it up and i'm like this is great world building and i go and play it and i beat it and i'm like okay cool and then it's like okay you need your black pearl and your uh soul energy i'm like okay well uh the black pearl is on that level i just did okay i'll do that cool (laughs) do that level again and then it's like your soul energy now and i'm like well there's no soul energy on these other maps i guess i'm doing that map again and i do that map a third time but the reason why you might say why did you do the that one the second time you could have just jumped to another one that's a good point but i wanted to test a theory of whether replaying the same map there was some sort of player impact whether there were <laughs> i love it people aren't on video clubs just shaking his head like no whether there is an impact on the world whether there are like consequences right whether the the guard patrols change whether there's fewer guards in an area that i have cleared or the simple thing of whether i can achieve both fucking objectives that are on the same gondab map on the same fucking run no nah, can't do that i'm like this is just blatant padding and I guess if this was, if Shadow Gambit was the rebirth of Commandos and Shadow Tactics hadn't happened and Desperados hadn't happened, I think I'd be a lot more forgiving because this would be an independent developer and this is the first time they're self-publishing, making an independent game and rebirthing a genre that I think never should have died. And it was killed by probably the Commandos people who took their game into like a third-person bullshit mode, just Mm. like, we'll just shift the genre, it'll be fine. Idiots. Uh, That's why you're not around anymore. But the fact that Mimi Me has made multiple games previously where they have intertwined storytelling and player freedom and characterization and characters and more tailored missions 
where there are multiple ways to solve problems, but they do like tutorial type stuff in a way that feels way more elegant because there's initial setups that are designed for that new character's abilities. And while they might have tooltips and whatnot, it's still part of the main mission. Whereas in fucking Shadow Gambit, man, it's like, you got a new character yet? Yeah, we'll head to the um, bottom of the ship and we'll go do your training mission. And it is literally, you walk through one door and it's this ability. And then you go do this five minute thing and you go out and there's this door that does this other ability. And then you can do an optional challenge, which I never did because I'm like, this is a waste of my time. And then you go, you get into a groove. And like Club was saying earlier, like when you're actually playing the game, when you're actually in the moment to moment gameplay, playing with your crew of, for some reason, limited to three at basically all times, I never understood why it was limited to three, but it is for most of the game, if not one, um, no spoilers for the end, then I was really, really loving it. And I unlocked characters based on what was most interesting first not the archetypal ones you know like there's a sniper character in there last for me i think you got that one pretty early didn't you club yeah 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 couldn't help myself oh you do well that's see that's good because when i got them and i got them last i was so disappointed because they've got one shot and they have to collect that shot but you can get an upgrade that allows anyone to collect that one shot but i'm like this is like the most gimped version of a sniper that i've seen in the genre (laughs) bar none uh, I'm so used to, oh, I'm going to have to run around and pick up ammo for them, you know, in little boxes and crates that are going to be yep. lots of troops around them. It's going to be hard, but it's, I'm going to set it up. So this pain in the ass that I'm going to have to spend 20 minutes, you know, taking everyone out and get to him to take him down or find a way to get to him first. I'll just snipe him. And I'm like, well, I've done my one shot and now you're useless. Okay. <laughs> so I'm glad I unlocked them last, but like some of my favorite characters of the genre, the, John, the guy with the anchor, oh, and yep, the like, the f- the insane dude. He talks to a, a fish, so Reginald, um, and the voice acting on that guy is fantastic. But his ability to just kind of disappear into this, the depths, as it's called, and then just come up out of it and just smash an enemy down into it. So he takes them out and gets rid of their body in one. Obviously, the balancing thing there is it makes a fuckload of noise and it takes like a long time, relatively speaking for it to happen, but it's awesome. The the chick with the cannon, I didn't use her as much as I thought I would, but like shooting enemy bodies at other enemies out of a cannon she has on her back or shooting your teammates out up to higher places. So cool. And because they've gone in all supernatural, there are some things that they are, they can do that you couldn't do if it was more grounded, like desperados, like shadow tactics, like commandos. So they've really lent into that. But the time wasting, and you get towards the end of the game, and I love it because I, I was keeping an eye on how many hours you were playing, Clay Ball. I was bang, banging through it. I'm like, oh, he's, he's played half an hour. Like, he's got a lot to go. And then it's like, he's played a few hours. Okay. And then the question came through, which was, hey, these captain's crew missions, uh, do I have to do them to finish the main game? And the answer is yes, you absolutely do. I think there's six Seven, maybe probably eight. You, you have to do four of them. Yeah, but you have to do four. I have to do four. And you can main mission series because yeah, I just picked the ones that had two because the ones that had three meant another. And you have to do that to finish two the main. Two or three what? Two or three so, missions, individual missions good, per. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the way it works is that you first you unlock the crew members, 
like there's the your main character and then the seven crew members um and then like weirdly pretty much from the get-go it says all right you need to unlock four you have to get four additional crew members to the so main character and then you get one crew member for free and then you have to unlock four or revive four additional ones and then once you do that it says good job now unlock the last two <laughs> so that yeah. you have the full eight and so okay fine but then also after you've done those first four you get to do captain's tests which are basically background stories for each character and so when you feel like you're getting into the story and because um the, the whole point is that you're hunting for mordecai's treasure he was the captain of the ship that you're sailing around on, and he's hidden a treasure which we don't know what is um, somewhere, and it's a puzzle trying to find it. Is it friendship? Um, Does it turn out it's friendship? Uh, may, it may as well. <laughs> uh, and so, yeah, once once you've got those four first ones unlocked before it tells you to do the last two, um, you suddenly then do go on, I guess, a friendship journey of, of finding out the backstory of these different people, whether it's like, oh, this lady, because they're all dead, right? That's part of the crew, part of the ship. They're all dead. <laughs> so there's one um, chick who she died, and so she um, cut ties with her girlfriend, and then you have to convince her to rekindle the, the relationship or, you know, reach out again. And it's like, Why? You know, ah. we're, we're, we're hunting for treasure while there's also this really sinister religious plot going. And yeah. now we're just doing other things. Full Spanish yeah. Inquisition stuff. So when there's actually really interesting world building. The world building is incredible. Some of the voice acting is fantastic. And they've like got all these things on a board that look great and they just haven't pulled it together. The captain's missions towards the end, to me... I mean, again, you're in the thrust of getting through main stories, even in getting into the flow of like, okay, I'm going to get a black pearl, I'm going to get the soul energy, rah, rah, rah. You get into a groove and, you know, you can have fun and you can kind of speed run certain missions. I was getting through some in like 15, 20 minutes. Uh, yeah. Others took a lot longer, which was more painful relative to whether it was part of an actual main story or felt like a side quest. But then you, you get into that rhythm and that flow and then it, you get to what feels like it's building towards the end and it's like, now you got to do these minimum four captain's missions. And I just thought from a structural perspective, which makes me think of our chat way back when about The Last of Us Part 2, they have a lot of the elements of a really well-constructed game here and they've just fucking put them in the wrong order. Like if... That was, oh, you've unlocked this character first, so you can still have the player freedom to pick it. You've got to go do the captain's test now. You get to know that character. You get to spend some real time with them from a gameplay perspective as well. Get to see what you like, what you don't like. That, to me, would have felt way more organic. Or just have it as a side mission that comes up as you unlock that character. And don't have the dick punch of, yeah, you've got to go do four of these things just to get to the fucking ending. Uh, it's and it's they have in the past yeah more tightly ingrained all that stuff and i just couldn't get over how much of a rookie mistake it felt like for someone who's not a rookie in the genre they are the the only ones in the genre yeah. right now Even they're peerless. Have a thousand twelve hundred word fucking article explaining why <laughs> uh, don't, don't you don't have to read that blog <laughs> it's oh, read man. The blog. We've read it. Even me and Nate have read the it. Way do not that, feel you have to read it. <laughs> God. Even the UI for the captain's tests 
where it's like, oh, you have to pick four out of the, the seven um, that you can do once you've unlocked everyone. And then it says, okay, so for this character, you have to visit one island. So it's just one part of that. Whereas for this other character, you might have to do two or another one, there's three. But then what it doesn't tell you, so when you choose, you, you're you locked into that character that you cannot, you have to finish that whole mission before you can do another captain's test. And what it doesn't tell you is how long. So you're thinking, oh yeah, one is obviously going to be quicker than three. And then you jump into the one after it's locked in and you can't change your mind. And then you go to the mission screen and it says duration long. Whereas you get to some of the other th- with like three and there might be a medium, a medium and a short. Uh, and so it's huh. just it's just dick punch after dick punch because you're thinking, I just want to get through this. Yeah. And you pick the shortest one that you think is going to be short because it's only one island. And I and assume it turns if... out that it's an hour and a half long mission it was structured like nate was saying where you were just it, you were doing as as they came up or choosing not to you would probably choose to do them if they interested you as opposed to oh i've reached a fucking impasse i now must do these fucking four missions i will pick whatever is you know gonna allow me to get to the end earliest as opposed to it sounds like the way it's described like they're trying to fucking you're trying to resolve some fucking character shit uh for these dead characters like spirit fairer or some shit but uh instead you're just like i don't give a fuck i don't give a fuck i'm here i'm trying to fucking do some shit i'm trying to fucking get through some shit i care about their fucking girlfriends or whatever they're dead we're getting treasure we're on the hunt for treasure god damn it yeah you know like pretty much and it's it's like play they the better parts of it is when they push into player freedom and then they do something like that where they're like you are locked in no player freedom now and you're like you were going with the champions of player freedom and now you're going fuck you no player freedom you got to do this our way and, and it feels clunky and weird um how did shadow mode go for you, Cleb? Did you end up using that a lot? I did not use it a lot. Um, like there were, there's instances where obviously there's, um, where you kind of have to, um, at the end boss boss battles, uh, where you have to take out multiple enemies, strong enemies at once. And it's like, if you, if you start the encounter and you're not fast enough clicking all the buttons, then the first person, who started the encounter will invariably die. Um, and so in those instances, I used it because you have to. Um, <laughs> outside of that, I, outside of that, I felt like it wasn't really necessary. Explain, explain, explain Shadow Mode. Uh, Shadow is basically um, a turn-based. It turns into a yeah. turn-based battle. So you pause everything, all the guards stand in one spot, everything's paused, and then you say... All right, character number one, you're going to go over here and kill that person. Meanwhile, character number two is going to, you know, teleport over there and kill someone. Character three is going to distract someone so they turn a guard turns around and they can't see what's going on. How? You, you hit the execute and then We used to play it, it back in the day by pressing the escape button. Yeah, yep. And working shit out, basically. Yeah, which I used the shadow mode 
heaps in Desperados 3. Yeah. Um, because it's just super satisfying to to tell everyone what to do, and then you just sit back and watch it happen. And more often than not, it turns out that there was another guard that you hadn't accounted for, and everything goes to shit, and then yeah. you have to reload. But um, when it does work also out, part super of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, whereas in this, didn't really use it much. Why, why not? Didn't feel needed. Right. Um, you could just sort of... Um, even in situations, for me anyway, where... So, um, to go back, I started the game playing on Legendary Difficulty, which is like a step up from the default. Um, and it has... Um, it, it ticks a little um, option that says... Um, enemy setups so there's it gives you more enemies and harder enemies so for instance like the default enemy you can distract super easily he, you know they'll turn around and be distracted for a long time whereas one level up they're like won't leave their post for instance and so you have to you know play around that um and so i think actually i did end up using the shadow mode a bit more for that one because once I got Jack in the game and had to um, just sort of decide to speed run the end of it, basically, and I um, set the difficulty back down, um, there's you can just sort of take out guards one by one without the need for anyone to really work together too much, and so that removes the need for the shadow mode. What about you, Glad mate? you mentioned. You use it a lot. <laughs> no, but I'm glad you mentioned character numbers. That was one of my big gripes. Uh, and when I went back and reinstalled Desperados 3 and Shadow Tactics to see if they'd done what I remembered that they had done and they had, which was in those games, there was characters designated to very specific numbers. And in this, your one, two, three changed relative to who you had in those slots. And that's fine to a point if you were maining the same three characters. It does a good job of disincentivizing you from doing that from an upgrade point perspective. The ones you leave on the bench start to accrue points between missions where if you bring them in, you get a point for them plus the bonus points. Clever idea. But there are times when it just forces you to have characters. So I never actually felt fully confident ever in my muscle memory remembering that, you know, one, two, three, four would refer to particular characters. Now I get that to a point from the freedom of unlock uh, but as I was saying, I joined me on a walk recently. I'm like, if they give you one to eight and then you unlock characters in a weird order and they're on different numbers, that's fine if they're dedicated numbers. But it also kind of has this little thing of, shit, this character's on four. Does that mean the devs reckon that I should have unlocked this four? So it kind of like fucks with you. In a, it was a potential to fuck with you. But I never learned to trust shadow mode, Cleb, which is what Joby's getting at. because, um, And I only discovered this in the last level why i thought it was buggy because i would find that i was going in hit shift to activate it going through my characters and by the time i got to the second or third character and i started using my quick key shortcuts to activate their abilities shadow mode had started i'm like what what the fuck like i haven't finished planning yet what the fuck is going on i went a little bit of a deep dive about this i'm going to heavily assume you didn't change your controls from the Correct. default. Okay. So I'm a real-time strategy tragic and I abhor, you know, left not being select and right not being moved. So I switched to real-time strategy controls, which is something they've offered in their previous games. It's very helpful, very handy for stubborn buggers like me who don't want to make the change, even though I did with commandos, 
I'm too old now. I don't want to unlearn and relearn and then go to a real time strategy game and be like, oh, I'm all backwards. So all I'm glad that they have that. strategy games you're playing. I'm playing them all the time. Every day, man. baby, you know, nonstop. I, I played five minutes of Tempest <laughs> Rising preview and then I stopped and went on living my life. Although I did enjoy those five minutes in fairness. But all of this is to say, <laughs> I realized in the last mission uh, that what was happening was the cool thing about shadow mode is you press shift, you give all your orders, you press shift again, and then you hit enter to activate all of them at once. Alternatively, you can kind of macro it a bit and you can, there are short keys, uh, hot keys assigned to activating the thing that you've told a particular character to do. So you can actually time it and tear it and feel like even more of a God. <laughs> there is a bug, has to be a bug in the real time strategy controls that make it so that the quick keys to activate an individual character's go do your shadow mode shit is the same as the fucking quick keys you use for each character's abilities. Q, W, E, R, the same. And so I was thinking this is buggy. So I didn't rely on it for 95% of the game. And then at the end I discovered, well, I can't use my quick, keys anymore so i was just manually clicking which was painful but and and we'll have to talk about this offline because i don't want to give any spoilers but i don't see how you could actually finish the last sections without shadow mode i just i don't see outside or unless you had the numbers really down pat and you were very very quick um i don't see how you could do that no no i don't think that's possible but i think um now that you've said that i'm pretty sure desperados 3 was the same for the very last mission because there's just there's just too many people that you have to deal with and that's fine like that's not a problem i don't have a problem with that i do i did go back and have a look at some of the because again no spoilers you get to the end and if you finish with a certain percentage amount there's a very cool potential reward for that that i didn't get i think you needed to be a much higher percentage than me i finished it like 45 percent of the badges some of these badges you just get for playing normally some of them you get rewarded for playing in your particular style which is cool having a look at the badges for the last mission in particular which is involved one of them was i i'm 90 percent sure on this was don't use shadow mode and i'm like oh I don't know how you do. I'd, I would. I'm looking forward to seeing the videos of people and how they approach that. I also yeah. think, and again, no spoilers. We'll talk to you about it offline. You're gonna have to be I, like fucking pig, like fucking ex pig, fucking Starcraft pro shit. This is like fucking. Bleep, 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 you would, you would out of the fucking roof type shit. Yeah, like. and look from an accessibility perspective, oofed. Uh, there are people yeah. who just can't do that. So I hope they've got a solution for that. But I think there is only a one. Solution? Whoa, fuck. Whoa. I think there is only one solution <laughs> for the final boss. Oh, you can say it, but I'm not allowed to. I see how it is. Yeah. The final. Anyway, I won't say it again. Why would I say it again? I think there is only one. Um, and I can't talk any more about that because I don't want to give it away. I'm pretty sure part of the restrictions is that I'm not allowed to, so I wouldn't anyway. But uh, not so much in how you execute it, but how you set it up. I think there is there is only one logical solution that I could see because I thought without shadow mode, I'd, I'm not going to be able to do this at all. And that's when I 
when I cracked the shadow mode problem. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't think there is another way that you can crack this from a numbers perspective um, and what is required in terms of distractions to executors. I do not think it's possible. But anyways, we will talk about that offline. Apologies yeah. for the tease, Joby and oh, yeah. listeners. I was stressed. Um, but I, yeah, uh, the Metacritic scores, man, I expected that. I just, okay. I just think everyone skews high now. Like it's, oh, it's yeah. sad, but it's not Mimi Me's best version of the genre. And it's their third, technically fourth technically, crack at yeah. it. Um, you know, it's cool. Uh, you're not alone with your lowest score. Games Radar no, and well played. Sevens. Yeah, well played. Aussies uh, have also and Checkpoint went with seventy five. So they they like. I think you know. I think if there is a positive to take away from this, so uh, people based in Australia are still trying to keep shit real. Right? What I will say is that um, I think, Nate, because we got this game like a month ago yes, to, to start reviewing, and I think um, Nate and I went sort of opposite, whereas I I punched through the whole thing right at the end when I thought I didn't have enough time, and I think you played it early, <laughs> Nate? Yeah, I was doing it in like two, three-hour bursts. Yeah. Um, so I think if you sort of stretch out over a month, um, if people have done that, then maybe it's not as noticeable that you're just returning to the same islands again and again. And certainly the enemy placement, um, like, that was super noticeable if you're doing a mission and then you're straight back into that mission and then you're seeing that, okay, every guard is in the exact same spot. The only difference is that um, now I have to walk over to B instead of A and it might be night time. Um, and so you... you noticing a lot more of that if you're just it makes me think of like board games like the the really like the there's that trend in board games recently like fucking someone we played nate the fucking gloomhaven It, it makes me think of gloomhaven right like uh the dungeons in gloomhaven are at the end of the day built out of and like you know, Gloomhaven's got a crazy amount of fucking tiles, but it is they are built out of a certain number of tiles, and there is theoretically the possibility that you'll wind up going into a a, a mission that is the same dungeon layout, but you have a different objective. The the fucking upside or the theoretical upside is that like hopefully the game is constructed in a way where you don't fucking wind up doing that mission directly after doing it the fucking previous time right you're not supposed to do it back to back you're supposed to do it fucking 80 hours later as board games go like it'd be fucking I don't know four hours later in a video game but you gotta roll a dice and like argue over how the rules work. So 80 hours later, obviously, uh, is how that works. But uh, yeah, like it's just, I don't, I don't know if it's something that appeals to me, you know, like the concept uh, at the end of the day, if 
if all it's doing is what board games do, and if what it's doing isn't significantly better, can't I just play a board game? And the, you know, the obvious flip side is, you know, I'm playing fucking Slay the Spire every fucking day because I'm like, oh, no, card game's done it better. But, like, if a card game did it better, wouldn't I just play the card game? Obviously, I can't play the card game on the shitter, but, uh, you know, yet. One day, I'll have a, a different shitter. Like, uh... Yeah, it's it's just a it's an interesting situation where we have board games that in my opinion fail because they're not as good as video games and now we have video games that are failing to do what board games do better. Is this growth? Is this what we define as growth in 2023? I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Real missed opportunity for um different at the very least a uh, different player, uh, different enemy placements. Uh, really what they should have done because it's a story that's, they've gamified sca- uh, save scumming, which I love. Like that's actually part, oh, sorry, they've made it part of the narrative um, in that the ship has a power that allows you to quick save and quick load and it's very in your face and it reminds you about that all the time. But it also plays into the narrative with what the the big threat is trying to do as well and their awareness of it. It seems like the if they wanted to make this, you know, Inquisition it is sweeping across these islands getting rid of all of these evil little relics and dead pirate stuff more threatening than the fact that you were revisiting islands would make them want to mix things up would make them want to escalate so you would come across the same problem or the same layout that you're familiar with but they've plugged a gap that you did last time or just something like that. It just felt like they took two steps towards a solution and then they just dropped the ball. Didn't on fucking the third one. Snake Eater do that? Didn't Snake Eater like when you came back to a place the second time uh however you entered the last time was now fucking blocked or whatever? Like that's I did Snake not play. Eater. That's fucking years ago, right? Like that's that's Yonks yeah, ago. I mean God damn. You know, you would take games like um, Dishonored. Yeah. Right? If if you kill lots of people in that, there's going to be more guards later on. When yeah. You go through that same place again. Yeah, that's that's Easy. the that's they... the simple version of the the same. Yeah. Like it doesn't need like yeah fucking if you wanted to go fucking ham with it right like go the whole alien isolation slash amnesia the bunker thing where it's like actively learning right like yes. if if they've like. Uh, storify the fucking concept of the big bad, like understanding that they're, you know, some meta experience or whatever, then yeah, like that's how you do it. Like, fuck. Oh, okay. That's how they keep getting through this level. Like, obviously the complexity is dramatically ramped up and it's easy to sit here or drunk off my fucking ass on my chair and say, oh, why don't they just do this? But like... Okay. Why don't they just yeah. do that? <laughs> but that—that that is the all-in solution, and there are yeah, yeah. other ones that we've just bounced that are shorter of that. That yeah. still make it feel less like, oh, they're just doing—we're doing the same maps over and over again, and it makes them feel different. Not just oh, this one's at day, this one's at night. It's just that, like yeah. you know, they made that big blog post, so you know they're <laughs> creating a new fucking genre. Damn it, they're Hideo Even- Kojima this shit. 
but they at didn't the, make it any the, Towards the end, no spoilers, but they sort of tease you with it. And it's because um, you, you go through this mission and then it sort of resets on you. Um, and at one point, there's like you, you walk past the same place that you walked past four times already, I want to say. Okay. And there's there's one guard missing. Is there used to be two on this balcony that you walk underneath, so you don't touch those guards anyway. And then there's one guard missing. And then the guard remarks, the one that's left, says, hey, wasn't there someone here before? Wasn't there another person here before? And it's like a, you know, yeah, players. Dot, dot, here's dot. this thing. Yeah. Here's this thing that we didn't do for the entire game. And now that we've finally done it the one time, uh, it actually doesn't fucking matter. Ah, uh, that's rough. Yeah, and, and it's like they get it, but they missed opportunities. And they've done it in the past, and they just—it's uh, a weird fumble. It's—it's it's such a bizarre fumble because it is the same team. Um, yep. Who knows what's happened internally? But like, it's the same developer. Clive, I did want to ask: Did you have footsteps on the higher difficulty for your characters? Um, like. Audible, you know in how the they... sand or oh okay, like if anywhere. I run, if you run past, okay, sorry, them, just the or just the audible thing, run. yeah. If you run past them, does that alert them? Uh, yes, if you're very close. Uh, must... Whereas if you're if you run through water, it's like the radius is yeah massive. Okay, it must be a difficulty modifier. That was the I one of the things run silently through water. So yeah, it's... it was it was splishy splashing. Sorry. It was missing on normal difficulty, uh, and it meant that I just sprinted up to enemies to stab them. And I was like, this shouldn't be something that is like only on higher difficulties, because it's a part of the genre, right? On whatever difficulty, even Commandos had that, because it didn't want you to just sprint at enemies, you know, outside of their very specific vision cones and stab them in the side. It was like, no, 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 you can sprint to a point, but then you're going to have to walk take them down and factor in that time difference before the other goon gets around the corner and spots what you're doing. And I just thought that was such a weird omission, but I guess at least it's good to hear that it's on high difficulties. I was just like, did they get rid of this? Did they ditch this? It's like, this is not important. It's like they, you run up to someone to kill them. They turn around and you get that, like not a full alarm, but alerting enough to let guards in in the vicinity. They oh, that's, yeah, no, that's different then. Cause that's the noise of the execution and like using a, a knife is much smaller than using one of the bigger abilities, like the ranged abilities or the anchor guy coming through the ground was massive. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like actually when you're moving, when you're running, there used to be back in these older games, like an or like a little yeah. visual thing that would indicate that your footsteps are yeah. going to be heard. And yeah, yeah. Sorry. That's. But I, um, oh, they they sorry, do have that. Trying to explain, yeah. So okay. if you run up, if you run up behind someone, they will turn around from hearing you running, and We're then you get like a, a semi semi alert. So, no, they still die, but yeah. then they'll sort of alert guards who are really close to you, so you don't okay. get the full alarm to let everyone around know. Yeah. But it's enough that um, guards around you will hear, even though they're not inside that little cone of murder sound okay right, so the the radius of sound of sprinting isn't large enough to alert them soon no. enough for them to actually alert 
even lots on of high, people, but yeah. it's it's like they'll. What does high difficulties do then? Hey, guards notice I'm being stabbed sooner. in the throat. Hey, yeah, they're stabbing um, in the throat. So it's like the view cone thing. Yeah. The way that it works is that if you, you know, it's like a triangle, and if you stand at the very end of it so that a guard can see you, then the view cone sort of fills up. And once it reaches you, then you're spotted. Um, that moves a lot quicker on the higher difficulties. Um, like I said, you can have more guards and different types of guards on higher right. difficulty. Okay. Um, player health, which was never a thing for me because <laughs> I fight. No. Um, that's how those games work, it. right? Like, once silently kill people, and right? then like... someone spots me, I yeah. just reload. So, <laughs> right? yeah, that's weird. And if an alarm goes off, you reload. And that's why yeah. it's like, yeah. hey, you finished it without raising the alarm. I'm like, no, I saved scum to my tits off. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I set off hundreds of alarms, <laughs> but I just reloaded every time it happened. I had a couple of times with the stats, because like at the end of every mission, it tells you, like, here's how long you spent playing. Here's how many saves. Here's how many reloads. And then like it tells you the deaths, or kills rather, for each character to say which ones you use the most, but then it also has a death counter. And because if one of your characters dies, uh, you can get to them within a certain amount of time to revive them. Um, and then if they, if you don't, then they die for good, and then it's basically game over. Like Heath like in You PUBG. lose that character. Hey! <laughs> um, and, yeah, the, the deaths counter, even though I never died... Oh, so you never let any characters die. The death counter was always at like one. And hey, I haven't played it, but aren't they already dead? That's the point. They sure are. Yeah, you've cracked it, Joey. <laughs> all right, all right. I hope right. someone got fired for that blunder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, so uh, anyway. let's have a game of it. Right. Could be better. Could be better. be better. But uh, what do you guys reckon? Like, wait it out. Obviously, uh, if you if it comes out like if it gets to September first, like give up. If you're already playing Baldur's Gate three, probably don't ditch for it. But like, oh yeah, I think if if you're a fan of the genre and you sort of space it out a bit, like yeah, play which. You know, it's, it's kind of difficult to tell people to do anyway because that means that you're probably playing something else, right? People play when they can play, yeah. You've got to be coming back to it, and that's annoying. But For sure. I, I really like the game, um, the mechanics and, and all that. I think the design is super cool, world-building the story even. Um, but it's you, you just can't overlook these little... Gripes. I mean, I couldn't, and mm. I don't think Nate could either. No. But clearly, a lot of people could. So, uh, what are we don't doing? play the optional stuff. I'm not talking oh, about yeah. the side missions, whatever the fuck they might be. But there's optional things you can do between missions on the boat that are even more character driven. They are literally just clicky fetch quests, or just running between characters to do dialogue. Yeah. And there's some cool character moments, and there's great voice acting but it's really not worth your time and they did also teach the fish to be an assassin i, I sure did yep <laughs> I, I did that one uh i was so close to the I end of it. 
And you finish a part of a character's optional ship mission, and then it just literally says you can't do any of more of that right now <laughs> until the next mission. And you can't do multiples. You can't go and do all of them. And it's like, nah, you can't. And I'm like, I don't really want to do it. I just want to experience it for the review. And I'm like, uh, I think I did two to completion. I'm yes. like... I'm not doing any more of these. Like this actually feels like a waste of my time. It didn't even give me like a skin or something that felt like it was a, Oh, that was worth my, it's literally just, you did that one. It says things like, you know, Hey, go and steal. Like one of the characters will tell a a not main character to, Hey, sneak, see if you can sneak into the captain's um, quarters and steal a, a pistol or, you know, sword or whatever thinking and i'm thinking oh maybe i'll unlock a cool gun at the end of this thing but no it was just talking and nothing was unlocked yeah really really obvious padding and then yeah you can't you can't do it all it's like no we're not gonna let you do that until you do another mission and then you come back and then you can continue this thing you didn't want to do i'm like come on guys there's already enough filler in this game remnant 2 did a bit of that yeah Have have you got it working yet is it been working for you? Uh, it is consistently working better. Yeah. Uh, fewer fewer crashes. Yes, I'm I'm still playing that. That's I'm good. still enjoying it now that yeah. it's not crashing all the time. I did start it up the other day and it got stuck in a loading screen. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, it's old so F4. Cool. I go back in, but um, so it runs cool. a lot better. Like, it wasn't yeah. running well at launch. They've done some an optimization pass. And, yeah, it's a lot easier to see the appeal um, mm. but man, what a frustrating like experience if you had it where it just wasn't working properly. Yeah, it was I crashing imagine. all the time. Yeah. Elden Ring. Sharp. Elden Ring? Sharp club. Yeah. Oh. hundred hours into Elden Ring on PC. I'd abandoned it. What, what happened? Yeah, I uninstalled Elden Ring. It wouldn't, like I was having the stuttering like every 10 seconds. Oh, that's bad. Absolutely unplayable. And then... Every update they put out, it got worse for me. Everyone else is like, oh, well, this has certainly improved things. And I'm like, well, this has made it worse. Um, so, yeah, I uninstalled it. And I got it on PlayStation. And you're also bad at the game. So. Well, that's not the case, really. Oh, did you finish it? Yeah. Did you? Finished again. Yeah. Played for 100 hours, and then you played it on a different platform and finished it. Then I played it 100 hours on PlayStation, yeah. What happens in the final boss fight? You kill him. Oh, oh damn it. I should have I should have asked a harder question, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I actually yeah, tried again. on me, I set the bar too low. Uh, <laughs> I keep trying to play The Last of Us on PC, um, oh, yeah. mainly oh. because I'm interested to see how it runs. I have recently uninstalled and reinstalled it, and I'm talking like it's like 100 gigabytes to download or something. I go into the game expecting to have to wait 40 minutes for shaders, and it crashes. It, it comes up with a, a window that says this game has failed or something. Go verify the files on a fresh install. I go verify the files. There's nothing wrong with it. I start the game and I'm like, what the fuck? And meanwhile, similar to your story, Cleb, there's the, it's gone from like very negative because it was shit for everyone to now very positive on recent reviews. Like, oh, they fixed it. It doesn't run so well. And I'm like, I can't even get the fucking game to start. Good Lord. I don't want to play the whole thing again. I'm just like, I want to see how good it looks and, you know, play around with some mods and stuff. And I'm like, it won't let me do that. It won't even start. GG. Damn. Thank you, Naughty Dog. 
Naughty dogs. Dogs. All right. Uh, is that all the games we've been playing? I think so. Yeah. All right, let's do some news really quick. Uh, I didn't organize any news, so uh, the only news I've got is uh, Keith David is taking over the role of Commander Zavala in Destiny 2. That was uh, Lance Reddick's role. Uh, don't care too much about Destiny 2, but Keith David's a fucking dude and uh, pretty much the only person who could have worked in this role. So that's yeah, nice. Uh, Hard to be mad about that. Right. How are you going to step into those shoes? It's like, I'm Keith David, motherfucker. So yeah, yeah, fair. Right. <laughs> I hadn't thought of it like that. The fucking... Have you seen my fucking, good God, my filmography? Get the fuck out of here. God Yeah, that's such yeah. a, like, a good, a good pickup. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, that's the news. Have we got any questions? It doesn't appear to be the case. No, we don't. Um, all right. Well, uh, I don't know how, I can't. Clem, you listen to this podcast. How, how does this fucking shit wrap up? How do we wrap this shit up? Uh, you can find us on that's it you can find us on the Windows Store uh, under the Gap um, and uh, Spotify I think I don't know I haven't tried to look for it but uh, probably the Gap um, oh no we got to do the uh, weekly our weekly plugs uh, have 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 we been working on anything gentlemen that we would like people to go and have a squiz at uh, Clevy, go. Um, I mean, there was the Shadow Gambit review, which apparently I'm wrong about. So, no, but you can still wrong. give me the views on Gamer.no. Oh yeah, just click no. Hang on, say it again. Yep. Gamer.no. No, no, say it. Say it in your crazy language again. Gamer.no. <laughs> that's crazy, amazing. Ah, uh, yeah. uh, that's that's probably about it. So. What's the what's the uh, what's the operating theory on that one, Nate? You click on the site gamer dot and uh, and you wait for what forty five seconds to uh, give the impression that's been read, right? Forty five seconds is, I think, I think the yeah. current operating fucking yeah. So leave it open for forty five seconds. Got to be the primary window. Uh, or like uh, the open window. So just go and make a coffee or something. And then uh, all good. Easy peasy. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Uh, what about Nate? What about you, Nate, rather? I said that too fast. Nah, nothing. Or, or uh, I'm writing the most boring shit at the moment that you may see someday, but it's not anything you'll read. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Jerry? Uh, yeah, um, I'm writing really cool shit, but I, you'll never know that it was for me and, uh, and I can't tell you. So don't worry about it. Um, I recommend giving Deadlock a punt. Oh yeah, I should have said, if you, uh, if, if there's something you want to pitch is cool, say that instead if you don't have anything for yourself. Uh, Deadlock. I wish the first episode... Did not enjoy it at all. Uh, I would but go yeah. so far as to say I oh, did not like it, uh, but uh, for uh, reasons that involve my wife wanting to watch it, 
I don't know. I, I don't know where I was going with that. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I watched the second episode, and uh, it's, it's, yeah, fucking stark increase after that. So, uh, yeah, yet another show that I've watched one episode of and thought, wow, that's bad, and then watched the second episode. I'm like, wow, all right, I can watch more of that and then watch the rest of. And I was right with fucking Twisted Metal, wasn't I? Thank you. Uh, no further questions. Uh, anything like that, boys? Turbo uh, Overkill. Go. go play Turbo Overkill. Oh, oh, nice. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Go um, support the Matildas on Saturday. Oh. Eyebrows. Yeah, nice. Fuck. Yeah, we got fucking boomed. Look at us. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like fucking, and now he's flexing. Now he's fucking, <laughs> you can't see it, listeners, but he's fucking flexing. Now. It's, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> Um, all right, excellent. Uh, all right, uh, yeah, you can find us on Windows Store. Um, give us a five star rating, um, or else we will tank your Uber rating. And uh, what else? You can email us. No, what you can email us? Uh, don't email us. Surely not. You can ask us questions on our Discord. Uh, Discord.com. The GA. No, it's the gapodcastcom slash Discord. I should have said that different. Um, we're on YouTube and oh, you can go to our website thegapodcast.com and uh, you can support us on Patreon patreon.com slash thegapodcast uh, the people who support us on Patreon uh, make it so that we can uh, put this up because the server hosting is extremely expensive because you know we get people like Nate and Clevon who won't shut the fuck up about Shadow Gambit despite apparently fucking I don't know they were like ambivalent about it or something I don't fucking know um ambivalent is probably too positive I don't know they liked parts of it and they hated others it was fucking weird uh so yeah um we're very grateful to our patrons uh thank you so much um and uh I think that's it uh if we were looking for you Nate on the internet where would we find you don't we wouldn't. Okay, and Cleb? Uh, Discord at gapodcast.com forward slash Discord. Beautiful. He's high uh, me. Like, this yeah, guy's just high. Can okay. we not he's, get him he, on again? The man <laughs> lives on a higher road than you, okay? It's because he's in Queensland. He's all the way up north. It's it's some shit. He's uh, usually yeah. on a low road because of the racism. Uh, anyway, um... I believe that would be the podcast for this week. Uh, next week, Luke will be back. I can't remember why he was booted off, but uh, I think his suspension has been lifted. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what that's going to entail because I doubt he's played any fucking video games. So, we'll, uh, yeah, this would be the part, usually. Uh, Nate, I know you don't listen. Cleb, I know uh, you listen at three times speed. And skip this part, but uh, this is this is the part where Luke usually is like, next week we're gonna fucking have this and this and this. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what we got. Um, it's next week. So are you gonna play Baldur's Gate, Joey? Never. No. Yeah, no. probably. Probably like at a different time. At a time. I know what you're gonna talk about next week. Tell me. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Immortals of Avium. <laughs> Sorry. Probably not. <laughs> And, yeah, maybe, uh, actually, to be honest. and Gamescom 
starts on Wednesday. I don't know if there'll yeah, be yeah, anything yeah. out we'll for probably, that. So you got a little bit to talk be about announcements on Gamescom, right? But uh, by the time, yeah, yeah, I don't know. depends on when you record. I'm I'm excited for Blasphemous too, but uh, I'm also apprehensive because I have that on my Fantasy Critic League. So uh, hopefully it does well. I'm second guessing whether or not I will. Anyway, um, yeah. Great show, boys. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Clebby. Um, yeah. Very, very grateful to listen to you guys talk about a fucking Shadow Gambit. Uh, Doesn't sound grateful. Were... <laughs> that was in the... it, it walked away halfway through. I had to listeners. pee. I was still listening. I had the fucking headphones on. They're fucking wireless headphones. Fuck off. Unbelievable. These guys. Fucking. Anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. That's, that's the show. Uh, fuck Tony Gustafson. Uh, stay safe. And, um, you guys want to say goodbye? Bye. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.